Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Um, so this is episode 34. That sounds right. I think. I think. I feel like 30, I, last week was the Jesus episode, right? Oh, 33? yeah, it was. The Larry Bird, Basketball Jesus. Yep. Wait, Your is that, age. Is that why he's called Basketball Jesus? Because he was number 33? Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, it would make some sense. Um, so, yeah, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt, my sperm's dumb. Now I'm Dory, my eggs are old. Oh, and they're getting older by the minute, and my sperm is getting dumber by the second. Yep. <laughs> At this rate, uh-huh. <laughs> this rate, we'll be doing this podcast forever until the end of time. Uh huh. Um, so let's see what's going on this week, honey. You recently had your aunt Flo visit you. Did you just say recently? I don't think I did. I feel like you said recently with <laughs> with a lisp. Yeah. Well, I check the tape. Maybe okay. I did. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Aunt Flo came to visit. Actually, you know, I realized I should have mentioned that on last week's podcast because 
because my period came while I was in Austin. Yeah. Um, Did you tell anyone? Well, I told my sister because I was like, oh, I just got my period. Can I have a tampon? And she was like, oh, I'm out of tampons. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I had to walk to the store and buy some tampons. In that Austin heat. It actually wasn't that bad. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And so now there are tampons at her house, some extra tampons, but I'm not telling her where I'd left them. Great. That's good. They'll be your tampon. Your supply. I'm sure she'll find them right away. She's probably going to listen to this and go look. <laughs> and be like, haha, found them. It's like a it's like a scavenger hunt we've made for one person on the podcast. Yep. Um, That's just the kind of podcasters we are. So what does that mean for us? Um, I mean, it kind of means what we thought it was going to mean, mm-hmm. which is that we're going to do the test next month. Yeah. It's almost next month. It is. Um, I mean, look, I... Are we going to do it while you're in Chicago? As as discussed, I am loath to project when my period is coming or when things are going to start because things always get messed up. Yeah. But if my calculations are correct, the timing should be fine and I will be home and don't currently have any plans to go anywhere um, in the like two or three weeks that it would take for the test to happen. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's not a lot, but it feels like a lot for us because we've had no movement on this whatsoever for a long time. Zero movement. Yeah. None. And our listeners have been complaining that we are not going through enough shit. That's not true. I know. I just wanted to like make a couple people go like, oh my God, I can't believe people complained about that. (laughs) And then a couple people who won't write in go, thanks. Someone, someone's on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all there is to it. We, uh, we, we you <laughs> oh, see, you're feeling how I was starting to feel. I'm feeling how we're all feeling America podcast America. <laughs> I'm feeling like this will never end. I'm feeling like we will never get a child. And I'm feeling like uh, the cost will exponentially increase over time. Yeah, I, I pretty much feel all those things, too. Yeah. Uh, whether or not the, all those things are happening, who knows? But that's how I've been feeling on my inside. Well, I mean, I think IVF makes you feel... Oh. What, a fidgeting? <laughs> I need a fidget spinner. You really do. <laughs> um no, IVF makes you just feel out of control in general. Mm-hmm. And when when nothing is happening and your life is focused on other things at the moment, then you especially feel out of control. Right. And it's hard not to feel hopeless. True. I feel, uh, I don't know, I just feel like it's a long, dark path. Yeah. At least we're here to light the path for some others. <laughs> you look dead in the eyes. Well, it's like, where's guys? Come on. Why don't you do a podcast so I can feel not alone? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Really? I've started work again. Yeah. That's been happening. Yeah. Sort of back into it. Not really. Don't. I think like three weeks in, I'll feel like 
a normal person who works right instead of like so tired but you were you were getting very anxious towards the end of your hiatus about all the work i had to do yeah yeah well i mean listen i haven't thought about that today but thank you for bringing that up i have a lot of work to do no I was, I, listen, I know you didn't intentionally do it. That's not where I was going with that. A lot of, you know, it's a Sunday. So what am I doing today? I'm podcasting. I'm going to be podcasting as soon as I'm done here. I'm going to go do another podcast. Tomorrow I'm going to go record two podcasts. Because uh, these are my off days. So when I'm off, I got to record. I hope half of you appreciate this. I was just going to say that I feel like at least going back to work, like you have some structure to your days. Yes. And I feel like you do better when you have some structure to your yeah. days. No, and listen, I love the people I work with. I have a good time over there and uh, it's good to like go somewhere. Yeah. So I think so too. That's good. The air conditioning is on. Would you like me to turn it off? I think that the listeners would like us to turn it off. Okay. Because I hear it. Oh, maybe they don't hear it. I don't know. Oh, what do you do? I can just turn it off from my phone. Oh, yeah. Um, so, well, now that's happening. Now there's that noise. Oh, boy. So many noises. There's so many noises here, guys. Um, well, while you're doing that, mm-hmm. why don't I get to some of the business? Oh, we have business. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, we gave everyone that challenge of we leaving did the reviews. I had forgotten about it because of how distant uh, a dream it had become. Well, so it's still pretty much a distant dream. Yeah. We're only at around 750 reviews, and that includes Canada and Australia and the UK. Um, it's not that bad because I had said that uh, I had tried to make it 700. Right. But and you had pushed I, it to 1,000. I just want to mention that someone wrote in to complain or not complain, but to uh, let us know how difficult it is to leave reviews for the podcasts. Oh, it is, I didn't know it was difficult. Yeah. She said, if I search for the podcast in iTunes and click the podcast art, it takes me to my podcast oh, in my podcast app. It's fucking insane separate from to try iTunes. to do on your phone. From there in the My Podcast section of the app, there is no way to leave a review. I finally figured out that I have to go into the podcast app and search for it, different than searching for it in iTunes, and then and only then am I taken to the screen where it allows me to view the reviews and leave my own. What's more confusing is that when you go into iTunes and search for a podcast you aren't subscribed to, you can view and leave reviews in iTunes, but you cannot do that when you're subscribed to it. Doesn't that seem weird? I mean, yes, it does. I've been saying from the day that they split off podcast into their own app that it is a terrible app yeah it is an awful app i don't use it personally mm-hmm. i use downcast i use pocket cast uh pocket cast people use listen the itunes native podcast app is just it's a messy ui yep uh and to write reviews i just assume people would do it on their computer because it's impossible on a phone yeah so anyway i'm sorry that some of you had to go through that and then someone else noted that they had left a review and it didn't show up for a few days Mm. and i had noticed as well that the reviews seem to come in batches what do they think? What do you think they do? Like, I don't uh, approve know. them all, or I don't go like, well, does this person actually listen? Let me find out. And... I don't know, but but I was like, huh, that's true. I have noticed that like there won't be any reviews for a couple days, and then all of a sudden, like ten from one day will show up. That is interesting. 
So. What should we do about that? I don't know. What should we do for our listeners? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's think about it. Okay. Okay. Um, so another item of business is, of course, my tour, because it's never ending. Uh, Dory's Magical Mystery Tour continues. Um, so on Tuesday, I'm going to be at the Stanford Bookstore in Palo Alto at 6 p.m. That's Tuesday, May 30th. Mm-hmm. If anyone lives in Silicon Valley or in in Virons, please come. Um, I will be signing books, not doing a reading, but signing books at the Madewell in San Francisco Center on Wednesday, the 31st from 6 to 8 p.m. And then on Thursday, June 1st, I'll be at Book Passage in the Ferry Building in San Francisco at 6 p.m. in conversation with Sachi Cole, who wrote a wonderful book of essays. Um, on Saturday, June 3rd, I'm on a panel at the Bay Area Book Festival at 11.45 a.m., and that's in Berkeley, California. Mm -hmm. Then a few days later, on June 9th, Friday, June 9th, from 5 to 7 p.m., I will be signing books at Madewell in Chicago on Rush Street. I guess there's a Madewell there. Cool. And then uh, there... I will be on a panel at the Printer's Row Lit Fest in Chicago on Sunday, June 11th at 1 p.m. And I believe you need tickets, but they're free. So you, you can just go to the Printer's Row website and get a ticket okay. if you want to come. Um, so all those things are happening. Lots of opportunities to see Dory Shafrir in person. Pretty exciting. Now, the weekend that Dory is in Chicago, yes, I will be appearing in Las Vegas by myself <laughs> at a casino to be determined. Oh, really? Possibly with my friend Ross or Greg, you know, one of my one of my good buddies. What are you going to do with Beauregard? Mr. Bosch? Yeah. We'll talk about it. Oh, hmm. Does he know? Bo and I will talk Does about it. Does he know it. that you're leaving him? He doesn't know anything yet. Oh, hmm. I mean, really, I'm not leaving him. You're leaving him. And then me being like, well she's gone i should go hmm interesting i think uh, we'll see if mary jane's around anyway um the resources page on the website is up it is it is a work in progress i've not had a chance to put everything on there but there's some stuff on there you can go check it out excellentadventure.com just click on the resources tab um thanks to everyone who's left an amazon review for my book start up a novel by dory shafrir how's that doing um, it's doing pretty well. We have 70 reviews on there. and That's great. It's at like four, I don't know, 4.2 stars or something. I'd like to see it at 4.5. Oh, guys hear that? <laughs> <laughs> um, someone left a two-star review and said something that I thought was sort of unnecessarily mean. Do you want to make me angry and talk about it or no? Well, they said... There's a character in the book who's a mom. Yeah. And like something about how like the way I portray motherhood is like, you know, negative. And, you know, she has a podcast about trying to have a kid. So, and I was like, what's your point? Like, because I have a podcast about trying to have a kid, I can't write about an unhappy mom. Hmm, Maybe you're just bitter and that's why you made the mom mean. Yeah, that must be why. No, the mom's not mean. I know. I read the book. She's just overwhelmed. Yeah. I just thought that was that was mean. 
Well, I think it's kind of mean to bring up that you're trying to have a kid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? What is wrong with people? Uh, if you feel like Dory has been betrayed by that, please write a review at iTunes <laughs> about how much you maybe enjoyed the mother character. <laughs> I mean, not iTunes. Amazon. Amazon. So many reviews. So many places to leave reviews. Yeah. Um, the Facebook group, we are at over 2,000 people now. It's really rocking. Facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can always email us. I wonder at, if all those people listen or if some of them don't listen, but just like to talk about IVF. Who are in the Facebook group? Right. Maybe. Although, I feel like it would be a little weird to be in the Facebook group if you didn't listen, but maybe there are people who do. I think there might be people who do. All right. Um... You can email us at DoryMatt at Gmail, Matt and Dory Gmail, and call us at 413-461-BABY. 413-461-BABY, baby. And visit our website at excellentadventure.com. Website's really coming coming together. It really is. You can listen to all the podcast episodes on our website. Oh, through the embedded player from yep. R19? Yep. That's great. Yep. It's a hell of an embedded player. It's pretty cool. Uh, the page takes forever to load, but... Shout out to Mary Jane for shout out to Mary Jane for making our website not grody. Yeah, it's uh, looking better. That's great. Yeah, lots of good news. Please leave an iTunes, I mean, an Amazon review for Dory's book if you liked it, and if you didn't like it, also leave one. Whatever, it's a free country for yeah. now. It's literally a free country That's, for now. That is a really good point, honey. Uh, so <laughs> something to think about. <laughs> Do you have any business? Um. I uh, just wanted to, I think uh, it's okay to say Sidekick is coming back. Oh, yeah. For season two on uh, Alpha, projectalpha.com. It's the legendary digital platform. Uh, we are going to be doing another season of shows. The premise there is uh, I didn't want to host and I did not want to be the guest. I, both things were too much effort. <laughs> So I decided instead to just sit on the side of the couch and sidekick it up like I have been doing on the Nerdist podcast for 10 years. Yeah. So. Um, and you had some great guests last season. Had some great guests. There, All the old episodes will be available. You could see uh, everyone from uh, Elliot Glazer to Jenny Owen Youngs to Kumail Nanjiani to Kevin Pollack. Uh, really just a tour de force of, of people. Uh, this year, I'd like to get Kevin Smith in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to get Brian Quinn to visit. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Let's see what I can do. Maybe maybe get Brian Johnson. Maybe do a Tell Him Steve Dave special. Whoa. That's for a quarter of the... No. 17 of the listeners <laughs> who listen to both. 17. That seems high. Maybe Mosier's in town and I make him stay. Oh, yeah. Never going to happen. Nope. But <laughs> so, yeah. Um, looking forward to a, 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 a wonderful second season. Uh, Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks so much. My favorite episode of last year was Emily. Emily Gordon was the guest and uh, Elliot Glazer was the host. That was my favorite episode we did. Why? I don't know. <laughs> just like it just was fun and we had a we talked about the great british bake-off and then oh. we had a contest to see who could uh frost a cake the fastest and write 
sidekick on the cake <laughs> and Elliot did a terrible British accent as the host of that and, uh, and I crushed Emily and then after the fact I mentioned that I used to decorate cakes for a living oh it's true it's like you're a cake decorating hustler I'm a secret uh, everything my secret story is deep I I see that I didn't know that you used to decorate cakes I did when I worked at the the Daily Scoop in Stoneham oh. Massachusetts See, I just thought that was an ice cream store. Oh, no. We were primarily known for our cakes. Oh, wow. Yeah. We can make a hell of an ice cream cake. Huh. Good to know. I know. It's very good to know. Hmm. You know what we never did was do a whole layer of brownie in the cake, which now that I'm thinking about it, I'd like to do. I'll be back. <laughs> um, do you want to Fly tell... to Logan. <laughs> do you want to tell people about something else that's coming back? Um... Not yet. Okay. Dotted line. All right. Then we're good. Okay. But we should have some exciting news regarding other podcasts you love from yep. the Matt Myra collection of podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. All right. That's all the action we have for you today. Uh, thanks so much for writing in. We didn't have time for the emails. <laughs> JK. All right. It's email time. Um, so we heard from a bunch of people about Zika. I did also. Did we? Did we? Are you, did you include the one where we heard from the person that I apparently fed and read? Yes. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> she's at the end, but Good. she's in there. Good. Um. So, if you all remember, last week we heard from a gentleman who was getting married. Mm-hmm. He and his fiance are doing IVF, mm-hmm. and he claims that his fiance insisted that they go on their honeymoon in the Dominican Republic, where his family is from. And he was a little nervous about this because it's level two Zika. Mm-hmm. And the clinic was like, according to him, the clinic was like, well, you probably shouldn't go. Yeah. And I was like, don't go. You're very forceful. Whereas I was kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So our first email is from Anonymous. All right, Anonymous. Let's hear it. <clears throat> I'm writing in response to the listener who wants to go to the Dominican Republic and is worried about Zika virus. I am an infectious disease doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't get much more of an authority than that. No, I I guess the next, the closest thing to a better authority would be one of those uh, babies with tiny heads who have it. Honey. What? And Dory, I think you expressed the appropriate level of alarm in your response. Oh, boy. Now, this part is in all caps. Uh-huh. Do not go to the Dominican Republic if you're trying to get pregnant. Two exclamation points. Double X. Okay. Yeah. And then in parentheses, lowercase. Uh-huh. Or, you, or if you are not not trying to get pregnant. Right. So if you're in a situation where like, well, if we get pregnant, that'd be good. But we're not actively Pulling trying. Pulling the goalie, as people like to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, because if you do get pregnant, then mm. yeah, always a chance. Okay. So Uh according to the latest CDC data in the U S in 2016, there were nearly 1300 pregnant women in 44 States who were exposed to Zika and reported to the CDC. Whoa. 250 of these women had lab confirmed Zika. Wow. And of those 10% had a baby with Zika associated birth defects. This number was even higher, 15%, in women who were exposed during the first trimester, which would include sexual exposure at the time of conception. That number might actually be even higher because not all of these babies had postnatal brain imaging. And we know that Zika can cause neurologic problems even in the absence of microcephaly. 
So some of these babies might go on to develop issues that present as they get older. Now that is terrifying. Ugh. Even though 10 to 15% might not sound like a high risk for some people, this is something that could irreparably affect your baby and change your life. There's no way I would go somewhere with Zika transmission if I could avoid it while trying to get pregnant. There have been cases of local transmission in South Florida and Brownsville, Texas, but other beaches in the continental U.S. should be safe for a honeymoon, or they could try Bermuda, which hasn't had any local transmission, if they're considering an alternate island destination. Oh, Bermuda sounds fun. Yeah. Except the Bermuda Triangle. You don't have to go in it. That's what I all think. those plane uh, planes that went down said. Okay. Um, and this email is from someone. Well, I'll just read the email. Um, <laughs> he he asked us to call him misshapen morphology in the Midwest. Oh, I love it. That's uh, I have some of that. I wanted to chime in on Zika. I couldn't agree more with your strongly worded advice last week. I'm just really getting a lot of accolades here. Just want to. Honey, you deserve them. Thank you. I recently had to travel to Miami for work. Mm. Our IVF doc had me freeze sperm for this round, said to avoid getting mosquito bites and to get tested if I do when I get back. I stayed out of the areas in Miami where CDC calls cautionary. I did my best to not get bitten. I wore bug spray and long sleeves when it was 80 degrees, but I'm someone that mosquitoes always find. So I did get five bites. Oh, no. When I returned home, I had no symptoms, but still tried to get tested since CDC says you can have it without showing symptoms. But it turns out to be darn near impossible to get tested for Zika. Explain. Medical sent me to government. Government sent me to medical. A doctor has to fill out a state form to request the test. Then the state has to approve it. And neither entity wants to do that for a dude with no symptoms. And then it turns out that the test is lousy. You have to go through three rounds of testing spread out uh, between a couple of weeks each and false positives and false negatives are common. It is a total mess. My doctor was so casual about it on the front end that I thought, okay, great, a blood test, easy. But it turns out she didn't really understand the testing process. I was the first time this had come up for her office. I really, really wish she had just advised me not to make the trip. And I asked if I should freeze more than one sperm deposit, and she said no. This is the most infuriating part because Zika can last six months in sperm, and that's a lot of time, but not that many IVF rounds. I could have come into the terribly designed jerk-off room a few more times, put some more of my weird-shaped swimmers on ice, and then mm-hmm. avoided all this stress. So mm-hmm. good on you for telling listeners to avoid Zika areas. Mic drop. There you go. I think that's important to get all sides of it. I didn't know it was such a difficult testing process. I either. didn't either. I didn't either. Um, I also feel like, you know, the the Zika was like really in the news like last summer. And it's kind of died down. Well, that's because the country was almost working last summer. Whereas now it is a fucking mess. Mm, good point. Um, but now I feel like, yeah, people have other shit to worry about. And people aren't as worried about Zika anymore, it seems like. Well... Except for me. I'm worried about Zika. Of course. And I think that everybody trying to have a child should be worried about Zika. Yeah. So, listen, you all can make your own decisions, but let it be known that this podcast is firmly anti-Zika. We are firmly anti-Zika and we are firmly anti-travel-i to Zika places. (laughs) Thank you. You're very welcome. It was an exciting uh, 
roundup of Zika related emails, honey. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> now, I've got some vacation time coming. Would you like to go to the Dominican Republic? No. All right. I was testing you. You passed. <gasps> oh, my God. Yep. How about Miami? I've always wanted to go to Miami. Okay. Now I know you're just lying. Oh, that is true. <laughs> never wanted to go to Miami. I don't care about how many Myras might be in the area. Uh, they can stay there. I'm fine. <laughs> never going to Miami. I kind of like Miami. I don't. I like. I, I. I like Miami. I do not. My sister went to law school there, so. Uh huh. I went there. Excuse me. Bunch of times. I went there no times. I don't think I've ever been to Miami. I don't think you have. I feel like I've asked you that, and you're like, no, never been. My great uncle played for the Dolphins, and I've never been to Miami. Hmm. Granted, he played in the '60s, so. Before your time. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit before my time. Yeah. Yeah. George Myra. Yep. Was one of the great quarterbacks of. University of Miami. Wow. It's a hurricane. Probably could have gotten in there if I tried. Like some sort of legacy uh, situation. Oh, yeah. They'd probably be like, yeah, we already got the jersey printed up for you. (laughs) Um, All right. So so this is from Mike. New email, everybody. New email. We're off Zika. We're on to antidepressants. Welcome to the podcast. I wanted to comment on something. Wait, you have to read. what I, I put a little note there. From Mike, wife is an OB. Yeah, you didn't say that. Oh, I read it. <laughs> I you, processed the information. It was in my head. You didn't say it. I wanted to comment on something from this past week's episode about antidepressant usage during pregnancy. And the listener who wrote in about their OB said they deferred to the patient psychiatrist regarding continuing slash stopping treatment. And Dory saying that it's crazy because OBs don't seem to know if it's safe or not. According to my wife, while she certainly knows the potential negative effects on a developing fetus of specific antidepressants, which she says are very rare either way, uh, what she doesn't know are the potential negative effects on the mother as she didn't prescribe the medication. This means that unless there are no negative effects uh, to the pregnancy that can't be mitigated without stopping the medication, she would defer to the prescribing doctor as they would have more knowledge over how stopping or lowering a dose would affect the patient. In the case of antidepressants, many are classified into pregnancy risk group C by the FDA, which means that while some studies have suggested a potential risk, there is currently no consensus on the level of risk, or if it even exists, and that the known benefits of continued use by the mother are typically greater than potential negative risk on the fetus. As you guys and other listeners have noted, Positive maternal mental well-being has been shown in research to be associated with positive fetal incomes. I am all outcomes. outcomes. <laughs> I'm all about positive maternal mental well-being. I know you are, honey. But I just wish you would write your maternal characters that way. Uh, <sighs> uh, rates of Sabrina, negative. Sabrina probably could have used some antidepressants. Oh, sure. Whereas rates of negative outcomes from continued antidepressant usage are very low and are hard to conclusively link solely to the medication. So as an OB, my wife wouldn't advise a patient to stop taking their medication if they asked, but would suggest that they speak to their prescribing doctor if they wanted to either reduce change or stop taking medication. My wife and friends also said that they've worked with patients who've had to undergo chemo while pregnant, which is a worse combo than antidepressants. 
but they're trained to know what negative effects on field development to watch out for, depending on the treatment and what measures they, the patient or the doctor, can take to help mitigate the effects as much as possible. So basically, your OB likely won't tell you to change your meds either way if they don't feel like there's an obvious risk. What do you think about that? I hear what they're saying about the the OB not being the one who prescribed the meds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like. I guess I wish that. I guess I wish that there was just like more communication, and that you know that that OBs could be more like aware of of their patients' mental health stuff. I don't know if that's possible. It's probably like against rules. Yeah. But. You wish that there was open channels. Yeah. I don't know. Problem is you have so many people seeing so many different doctors I know. that it just becomes insane. I know. I And look. Which I, is why you like to go to some place like a Kaiser Permanente. Like an HMO, you're or, saying. Yeah, where yeah. all the doctors are in network and right. they're all seeing the same patients. I get that. But, you know. My wife hates those. I just, I, I feel like they take a long time to get appointments. Like we had, no, we had people write in who were using Kaiser for IVF, I think. And it was like a two year wait to get an appointment. Like it was insane. Yikes. Um, well, way to go with the bad. But no, what I was going to say is I just, I, I would be curious to know what the current like medical school training for OBs or maybe you don't maybe, maybe residents I don't know I, I don't know how doctors work um, <laughs> like what do you learn as an OB about antidepressants and pregnancy and and maternal mental health I'm like I I would like to know what the education around that is like uh, probably not super extensive that's what I'm saying oh, I think there needs oh, to be more oh okay Okay. It's from Allison. I just want to add one thing to your response to Elizabeth about quitting a job she hates while working on IVF preparations. So much of IVF and infertility in general is just waiting. Waiting for your cycle, waiting for procedures, waiting for results. So much waiting. Yep. It can feel like your life is on hold while you work on this overwhelmingly big process. I would encourage Elizabeth to take the steps to move her life forward in the areas she can control, whether it's looking for a new job, starting a new hobby, adopting a new puppy, or whatever else might help her feel like her life is moving and she isn't waiting for her life to start. Personally, I started Invisalign because it made me feel like I was able to control an aspect of my life. I love that. And also, insurance doesn't cover IVF, but it... It has a fantastic dental plan. Anyway, just wanted to encourage Elizabeth and anyone else waiting for IVF in order to start something else big in their life. Don't wait. The distractions may also help you not focus so much on the infertility and help you remember that you are more important than your uterus. I meant to say more than your uterus, (laughs) but similar. Do you think I should get Invisalign? For what? My crooked bottom teeth. No, no one sees it. You have a lip. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can. But Just like, wondering. Even when you smile, you you don't see those. That's true. Uh, Should I play a voicemail? You can play a voicemail. I um, think it's appropriate time to do that. All right. Here we go. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, this is Erin Gudge, um, the human owner of the now somewhat infamous superhero dog squad, Dark. Um, <laughs> I was just calling because you just mentioned that you have been telling Matt that he might need to get on antidepressants, and I wanted to share my story with that. Um, I have been on and off antidepressants most of my adult life. It started with what I refer to as peripartum depression. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, Um, but when I was pregnant with my oldest, I became very depressed, and it took far too long to diagnose um, for myself. And um, 
almost two years before I went on medication. That completely changed my life for the better, thankfully. And then I was off of it for years. And then after my youngest was born, I found myself sort of in the same place, and I went back on antidepressants. And she's six years old now, so that's been a long stretch. I'm still on them. Um, but my husband hates taking medication. Like, he will be sick as a dog and doesn't even want to take a Tylenol. And so, Sounds familiar. Um, Ditto. We've been through a lot of struggles with that, and I finally convinced him to go talk to our doctor. Um, and she laid out the science for him. He's very scientifically minded. Um, and he listened, and he agreed that it was the right decision for him. Um, and thank goodness, because our relationship was suffering horribly from it. He was never happy. He was always upset. Everything um, would disappoint him or make him angry, and he's just not hmm. that personality. So that's how I knew something Do I get was angry? wrong. Um, no, and but he is everything disappoints so much you. better now. Our not relationship true. has improved again. He and I have been together for 17 years, and so that's too long. I, I know him <laughs> a little bit. I, mean, I, I kind of like him. I've kept him around. Um, and so just something to think about. Uh, my personal experience might help you, I hope. And also, you just talked about Bart Fox in the episode that I'm listening to right now that I paused so I could call you. And you mentioned that you don't want to have a lot of junk around. But I will say, I have been a Bart Fox subscriber for like three and a half years now. And it's the best thing ever. Um, we have three large dogs, as you guys know, uh-huh. uh, from the illustration that I sent you. And they love it. They absolutely love it. So, thank you. I'm almost out of time. Bye. Wow. Yeah. A lot of information. That was there. a lot. BarkBox. Somehow not a sponsor yet. No. Listen, BarkBox, if you're out there, <laughs> Bo would love to talk to you. Bo loves his gefilte fish and his microphone, both, both of, of which, which were from BarkBox. Wow. He loves his microphone. He loves it. It's so cute. He was playing with his gefilte fish a lot this week also. Um, yeah, I mean, what's preventing me from getting this uh, antidepressant medication? A, having to find a psychiatrist. Uh, B, having to find a psychiatrist. Uh, and C, uh, going to a psychiatrist uh, at some time in the day. Anyway, those are my three concerns with that thing. That's what's that's what's holding you back. I mean, like if my therapist was also a psychiatrist, but I would have been like, "Hey, what do you think?" Couldn't you ask your therapist for a referral to a psychiatrist? I know, but it won't be in the building that's so close to our house. You don't think there are any psychiatrists in that building? No, oh. certainly some film production places. I mean, welcome to Hollywood, everyone. <laughs> There might be someone who plays a psychiatrist. I'm sure. I'd go to Fraser Crane or <laughs> Niles Crane or Yeah. I mean, I look, I just think it's something to to bring up and if and if he thinks it's not worth I mean, you so aggro want me to get one. Like I so aggro want you to get one? Aggressively. Aggressively. I don't think I, I've been aggro about it. Well, ask Bo. Bo needs some anti-anxiety meds. <sighs> Bo we're, needs. We're having Bo needs, a Bo issue. We're having some Bo problems, everybody. I know we don't normally talk about ourselves in the middle of the podcast because some of you don't like it. <laughs> but Bo, we took Bo to the vet, and uh, the vet did not see Bo because Bo was being aggressive towards 
a weird old lady that went into the well, vet he was, and the vet. And the vet. Yeah. Well. He was like lunging at the vet, growling at the vet, snapping his jaws at the vet. And the vet was like, um. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the vet was not the most. Like, Bo was fine with the woman who had like greeted us initially. Mm-hmm. The vet was weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd taken him there twice. Um, but anyway, the vet was like, I can't give him vaccines. And so we left Mm -hmm. and it was just, you know, that was like, oh God, he can't even go to the vet now. Mm. Bo has some issues and we're trying to find a solution, uh, whether it's a new dog trainer or. You know, we talked about sending Bo to some sort of dog boot camp. If anyone has which done is this, scary to me. if anyone has done this, I would actually love to hear from you because when you Google these boot camps and the reviews that come up are like this, like everything is ma- is amazing. This this boot camp changed my dog's life, and I just feel like all of the reviews being like that are a little suspicious. So I don't know, and like some of them use e collars, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't want Bo to be abused at all. I don't want him to be like like lobotomized. Yeah, I want him to be Bo. Right. Oh boy, it's a lot to think about. So maybe you're a dog trainer. I yeah. Somehow doubt that we have a dog trainer listener, but we've had crazier things. That's happen. true. So I I don't know. I like I just love to. He's gotten so much better in so many ways. Like uh, he's gotten the anxiety of us leaving. He's good at. Yep. What else has he gotten better at? Well, like he he's gotten better at like sitting before we, you know, remember putting on his leash used to be a whole ordeal. He would like run around us in circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's gotten better at that. Yeah. Um, he's gotten like it is a little, it's easier to walk him now a little bit, mm-hmm. but I also just avoid any potential conflict. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, he got in a fight, he got in a fight at daycare. When? Remember, now he's, he has oh, to be separated Max. from Max now. Max and Bo can't be in the same room together. Right. So like, I don't love that. Yeah. We, we'd love some advice. Yeah. If you've been through it or you've had your dog. uh... The problem is his aggression is just so uh, sporadic. It's not any one specific thing. And it's not, I mean, there are things that set him off, but it's not, it's hard to pinpoint what, what is causing it at the time. Whether it's being on a leash or whether it's, feeling threatened or and i was saying to doria is like i think he's more aggressive with you because he's trying to protect you more because he doesn't like me as much (laughs) that's not true no he just knows that i can beat people up (laughs) hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. We got one from Jess coming in over here. Okay. Let's take a look, shall we? All right. I wanted to ask if you think what you've... Okay. I was reading, but I was like, I'm reading this wrong. But then I was like, read the rest of the sentence. This makes complete sense. Why are you thinking and stopping reading? Uh, This is from Jess. I wanted to ask if you think what you've gone through changes how you feel about how many kids you would like to have. Interesting. We talked about this. I know. I thought it was a very timely email. We talked about this at dinner last night. I ask because we always wanted two, maybe three kids. We have one now uh, that we conceived while on the wait list for IVF on the National Health Service. I had stage four endometriosis and PCOS. The last time I naturally ovulated was when I conceived my daughter almost three years ago, as well as male factor. We somehow hit the 0.5% odds we had to conceive naturally. Wow. Yeah. I'd like us, I'd like what our, I'd like to know what our odds are. I think they're less than 1%. Of natural. So were these, these were 0.5. Yeah. But I want to know if we're better than them, worse than them. Uh, we're currently in the process of our second transfer after our first failed. We're slowly coming to terms with our, that our first child may also be our last. I'm one of 11 kids. So it's been tough for me to come to terms with my daughter potentially being an only child. Is that the end of the email? Yes. But Dory's waving me off as though I don't have to flip over the page. No, you don't. That was the end of the email from Jess. It was. Uh, we had this discussion last night at dinner. At a very long dinner. And we were like, where are we at? What are we doing? Yeah. Do we want to keep doing this? Yeah. Is this too much? Yeah. How many kids do we want to have? Do we want to have any kids? Dory said, I want to have kids. And I said, okay. You want to have kids too. I would like to have kids. I feel like being 33 years old to your 40 is weird because like you had time Mm. you had some time to be in your 30s and be a career person and get all that going yeah and i feel like oh i'm just sort of getting started um you know and i know how much i work yeah so knowing how much i work it's like completely unfair to be like i'm gonna keep working this much and i'll see you later bye enjoy enjoy your time at home enrique who's enrique that's our baby who knows our baby's name is enrique could be whoa family name it is no (laughs) um yeah so i i and i get that and i'm and and i feel i i i feel bad about it but it's not about me. It's about us. Right. What but, works best but for then us. I, but then, you know, you. one of the things you said last night was, I wish we could wait four years to have a kid. I do. And I said, well, I mean, we could wait a year. Mm. And you were like, no. Yeah. We're in it. Now we're, we're in it. We're in it to win it. <sighs> but. We did come to another conclusion. We did. Which, like, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel kind of good about this conclusion. Yep. Which is that? If we have one kid, I uh, think we're okay. That's fine. We're okay having one kid. Yeah. I think for so long we were so like focused on making sure we could have two kids. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was coloring every decision. Yeah. 
And well, now it will color the decision of like, oh, we're only gonna do this once. Which embryo are we throwing in? Right. Oh no, we got a lot to think about. <laughs> it's too much to think about. Well, here's what I think. Throw them both in the same time. No, here's what I think. Go for broke. No, I let think, it ride. Okay, I think we should put one in. Uh huh. And if it doesn't work, then okay, we just put the other one in. And then if that doesn't work, then we're, we're done. Whoa, what? I we're mean, done. Look, I'm just getting older. I don't know how many more retrievals that we're going to have that are going to be successful. You are just getting older. But we could really focus on my balls. I could try a ball cooling situation. You know, yeah. we could try you to could get try the morphology. Some snowballs. Try some snowballs. I could, I could get that book. It starts with the egg. Get the, the ice dildo going. I could get the ice dildo going. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> solutions here. Um, I'm not, we can't, I'm not saying we're going to throw in the towel. I understand that it's your body that's taking all of the abuse. I love that you see sauce. <laughs> like, I understand. Because <laughs> I also feel like if I'd been like, yeah, let's just do like a couple more rounds, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How many more rounds yeah. do you really want to do? <laughs> uh, but I also feel like I haven't, you know, we haven't really focused on the sperm aspect you of it. You have not. We haven't. No, that's true. Um, so... It'd be interesting, I think, to see what would happen if we did. You'd have to quit smoking again. Yes. Um, guys, there's a lot. Stay tuned. This podcast is not stopping anytime soon. But yeah, so that's where our head's at right now. Oh, but like anyway, this is information so we should have put at the beginning of the podcast. What I was, no, this is a bonus for people who actually listen. Oh. Um, but what I was going to say is if we do a transfer and it does work, mm-hmm. I would feel like we should just do the second transfer and... If we if it produces a child, then great. And if not, then fine. Oh, so what you're saying is you don't want to leave an embryo in the chamber. That's what I'm saying. You want to empty your magazine. Yeah. You want to blow your load. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought you were going to have another metaphor. I but... was, but then I was like, <laughs> how many do I really feel like doing right now? Um, this email made me laugh. And... Well, That's why I, oh, I, you're handing it to me. I copied the whole thing. This is an unabridged email. And it's from no one. Is it anonymous? Um, I believe it was anonymous. Um, oh wait, let me just, oh no, it was not. It was from Alan. All right, Alan, here's your email. Your very long email. <laughs> I should also just preface this by saying that. I feel like I can never get enough of these stories. They just make me laugh so hard. Okay. Okay. First of all, I just heard you talk about someone who had to have semen analysis done at a clinic without a special room in episode nine. And I know I'm really far behind in the podcast, but I wanted to share my story. Is he ever going to hear? No. (laughs) I too had one of these. Uh, When we started doing a diagnosis for why we weren't conceiving, I had to go for semen analysis as well. I had an appointment at one clinic not far from where I work. I called them that morning and asked them about their facilities. I was told the same thing as your emailer. They didn't have a room and they needed it within 20 to 30 minutes of collection. I told them, okay, I'll figure something out. I wasn't going to collect at work. That's just a bit too weird. I drove from work to the clinic. They gave me the sample collection container and a paper bag and I went outside. Like, okay, what? 
Like, where are they expecting people to do this? This is very strange. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading. Yes, please. The clinic was in a fairly suburban area of town with some farms around. I drove around until I found a farmer's field and pulled off into a pullout. <laughs> Parking with my nose pointed toward the road, thinking that if someone did stop and ask why I was stopped, maybe be a good Samaritan seeing if I needed help, the tire change, or a cop checking out why I was parked on the road, I'd see them coming. And they wouldn't see me coming if you get my drift. (laughs) Got it. Of course, there was also the possibility of a farmer coming from behind, so to speak, uh, to see why someone was parked right next to their field as well. So that kept me a bit on edge. Got my phone out, found some porn, started doing my thing. In a car, with the steering wheel in the way, uh, and the constant checking of the road ahead in the rearview mirror, it was not easy. It was also a fairly hot day, so I was sweating more <laughs> and more uncomfortable than normal. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention, I happened to have a dog that, uh, the dog that day. Normally, he's with my wife. But for some reason, I had to take him this day. So the entire time, I had a big, fluffy, standard pool of head staring at me in the rearview mirror. And that big, happy dog smile, completely unnerving. (laughs) Needless to say, I eventually did my thing and brought it back into the clinic. Possibly one of the weirdest things I've ever done. And a great story, but not exactly something you share with that many people. This was a year ago, and we went through more trying, three sessions of controlled ovulation, and now we're waiting to start the first month of IVF now. Thanks for the podcast, and thanks for the story. He said, at the end, he said, if you want to compress the story, if you share it, please feel free to. But I did not feel that we needed to compress the story. I mean... I mean, it would would have been a great story anyway, but the dog just really (laughs) added a level of... Yeah, I don't... I mean, but I've... I don't think Bo's ever even seen me naked. We've seen Bo naked. Yes, at night. We take his collar off. Yes, then and he's then naked. And he becomes naked. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when Matt says, Bo, you're not wearing any clothes. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is from Anonymous, who says, <clears throat> I'm a 30-something married chick who found your podcast from Nerdist. I think you guys are very funny and entertaining and have been binging episodes to catch up. Also, just purchased Dory's book on Audible. Thank you. Um, I'm currently on episode 25 of the pod and listening to the discussion about when you should tell your kids that they are adopted or the product of donor egg or sperm or whatevs. I thought I'd write in with the following story. Excuse me. Um, I'm one of those listeners who isn't involved in IVF, doesn't have kids, and doesn't want them. My husband and I have been married for a decade, and we've always known we didn't want kids, which makes it a bit ironic that my husband decided to be a known donor for one of his best friends. Actually, they dated in high school, who is a female and now a lesbian. They used the turkey baster method at home. Before the deed, my husband signed a donor agreement, which basically said he gave up all parental rights. Beyond the legal agreement, there were discussions between those involved to make sure we all had a clear understanding. He is the donor, not the dad. The moms would be honest with the kids from the beginning, and my husband would be available in the future for when the kids had questions. Sounds like an mm. ideal scenario in some ways. Okay. Our friend was pretty easily able to conceive, only took a couple tries and no meds needed as far as I know. And now she has two kids who are biologically half hers and half my husband's. The mom has been open with the kids about how they were conceived, age-appropriate info being offered uh, along the way as the kids grew up. 
The mom is still one of our best friends. And although they live across the country from us, we visited a few times over the years and we send the kids Christmas gifts each year. We plan to go on summer vacation together this year. Even if the kids weren't biologically related to my husband, these are things we probably would have done anyway, since we are friends with their mom. But keeping in touch has also had the added benefit of having my husband not be a complete stranger to the kids. So when the whole donor thing does come up, it hopefully would make things easier and less weird for them. From what I can tell, this plan of being open with the kids and keeping in touch is working out pretty well. Over the years, my husband and I have been pretty open about this with most of our friends and family, although we have strategically chosen not to tell certain members of my family who we think would have issues with the whole donor thing. Hmm. My husband's parents even act as a third set of grandparents for the kids, sending gifts and visiting, etc. So far, it's all worked out very well with no major emotional turmoil for anyone. But things might start to get more interesting as the kids grow up. The older of the kids is a preteen and has recently become more curious about my husband and recently requested a visit with him. While I was kind of nervous about this visit, it actually seemed to go very well. The kid, one of the moms, and my husband went out for burgers and milkshakes. There was no direct discussion of the donor issue. The kid didn't ask, and it seemed that the kid just wanted a chance to observe and talk to my husband. They talked about school and Minecraft, the typical stuff. I feel confident that there may be future requests with more substantive questions from the kid, and that's fine. Basically, what I'm saying is my suggestion is to always be open with the kids. Don't keep stuff hidden or secret, but also go at their pace. Tell them what they can handle at whatever age they're at and let them lead with their questions and curiosity. That is an interesting way to do it. Yeah. I also feel like this woman is like super chill. Well, I think if the ex of the husband had not been a lesbian she would be a little more cautious about it yeah but i feel like that's an unusual situation right yeah i guess that yeah i guess that happens um no but even so like i could see someone feeling weird about it or i mean i guess the fact that she doesn't want her own kids like if you had like carry a kid for mark and chris or something Uh you know and, and let's say that's the scenario yeah i'd be totally cool with it yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, totally, totally. But that, no, it would be like if I donated an egg. Right. I mean, not even, you're not even carrying yeah. it. You like donate an egg. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I know. do you see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. I just think some people might not be so understanding. Or like, what if like, I like, what if like Allie wanted to have a kid or something and needed sperm? And I was like, yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? I, I I, but like what I I'm saying to you is like I'm putting you in saying. I'm putting you in the no, scenario I, and it's I just am, like I am just saying it is I great. feel like we would be like them yes but I what I'm saying is I don't think everyone is like them and I think it's great that they are like this that's yeah. all I'm saying yeah, yeah yeah that's all I'm saying all right I I think that this is a wonderful lovely situation I agree it's beautiful yeah and and it is more credence to the being open yeah totally scenario i also like the idea of like being open but like letting the kids kind of go at their own pace yeah they dictate yeah cool um should i play another voicemail sure and then there's a good email for you to read okay okay ready yeah hi matt and dory my name is alina pritchett and i have a piece of advice for um the caller this week who wants I think he was the planner or she was the planner and um, he wanted to know how do I propose to someone who does like plans? Um, 
So a piece of advice for them, and then also a piece of advice for anyone who's getting married that's listening to your podcast. So I wanted to share how I got engaged. And basically, my fiancé at the time planned out six dates. I had no idea what they were, Mm -hmm. but they kind of ran the gamut. Like, the first one was to the location of our first date. The second one was to the Huntington Gardens. The third one was to um, the Getty Villa. And it basically, we actually only got through three of the six dates. Um, But he kind of left it free and open for himself to decide what day he could propose. Uh, Interesting. Um, So there was a sense of spontaneity, a sense of casualness, but there was a plan. And it ended up being that uh, the perfect moment arrived at the Gabby Villa when we suddenly found ourselves alone in the herb garden. And that was perfect because I also don't like being in, you know, center of attention. Uh-huh. And it was, it was wonderful. Um, and then my advice to anyone who's getting married, um, I got this advice from a TV show and I've always shared it. And everyone comes back saying, wow, this is amazing advice. So basically on your wedding day, take time to absorb the moment that you're in instead of thinking about the next moment. So on your wedding day, you know, you're driving to get your hair done, just absorb that moment. So if they're thinking, wow, I'm driving to get my hair done and take it in. Don't think about what's coming next because you'll form better memories of the day and the day will last much longer that way instead of going by in a blip. Anyway, thank you for making your amazing podcast. I really appreciate it. It makes my Monday. Have a good day, guys. That's, so I have a couple of questions yes. about this. Was it discussed that their proposal, the proposal was going to happen? And was it discussed? Because here's what I'm inferring from this phone call. Yes. It'd be like if I said, all right, honey, we picked out your ring. Great. I'm going to ask you to marry me on one of these six dates. I think that's what the implication was. Don't know which date. It's going to be one of them. Yeah. Wouldn't you progressively get more disappointed as each date progressed <laughs> and I had not asked you? I mean, which is why I feel like on the third date, that was probably the best time to do it. Right. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm I also, from. I was wondering, how did they land on six? I don't know. Well, there are, as we discovered recently, there's only six things to do in Los Angeles. <laughs> Huntington Gardens, the Getty. Griffith Observatory. LACMA. LACMA and the beach. And the place where you had your first date. That's the six places to go (laughs) in Los Angeles. The end. There's nothing else to do. Um, What about Disneyland? As we've gotten closer, or closer, as we've gone, um, had more and more date nights, our Saturday evening date nights, it's become, I mean, it's fine. I can spend time with Dory anywhere, but it's just become more obvious that listen there's not a lot to do here well okay first of all that's not true second of all yesterday we were gonna go to the getty and then i was hungry you were so hungry i thought why not go to dinner so we went to dinner we had a nice walk we did we had a lovely walk walk to dinner it was a mile and a half to dinner and then a mile and a half back yeah it was look it was a lovely date yeah but we were gonna go to the getty the other thing i would say is drive so far 
um it was it's memorial day weekend so like not a ton is happening it was it is weird that not a ton is happening i feel like more stuff would be happening. like sometimes on a date night we could conceivably like go to a like we went to a regina specter concert right like there was nothing like even remotely like that happening last night yeah we could have gone to see la la land with a full orchestra uh which i'd rather uh not (laughs) at hollywood bowl anyway hi Let's talk about this next email okay. from Kathy. Just listened to the latest podcast and was tickled when Matt mentioned he worked at Charles River cleaning rat cages as he may have cleaned the cages of rats that were eventually <laughs> sent to me. What? <laughs> this this is another email that just goes to show that like every time we mention anything on this podcast, someone has a connection to it. I do neonatal research at the university at a university in the Midwest and have been doing so since 2001. I study respiratory development as it relates to prematurity. The end goal of my research is to help former premature infants to have the healthiest lungs possible as adults. Uh, When these babies are born early, their lungs are not fully mature and are easily damaged by the interventions that are used to save their lives, such as being placed on ventilators, uh, etc. Many of these babies grow up to have respiratory diseases such as asthma, and in the lab, I work in... uh, the lab I work in, we want to keep that from happening. We use rats from Charles River to do this research. As baby rats also have immature lungs when they are born, and I don't think anyone would ethically prefer that we actually experiment with their premature baby. I've ordered many pregnant rats from Charles River over the last 15 years and was wondering if Matt might have cleaned their cages during this time. 2001 to present. Almost oh, definitely. Uh, if so, he might have cleaned the cages of the rats that were sent to me. I might have boxed them too. You never know. Whoa. You know those bo- I'm going to tell her. I'm going to blow her mind right now too. One of my other jobs at Charles River Labs before, during the week instead of the weekend. So I had some times where I was working seven days a week. Um, I would be putting together the boxes that we shipped the rats in. Each box would have to have a screen stapled to the inside. The boxes had holes, Mm. obviously, for air holes. And you didn't want the rats to get out. So you had to staple screens into the inside of the box. Whoa. So I handled the the industrial staple machine. It was stapling screens in there. Kathy would know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's cool to hear from someone who actually worked there that these, uh, where these rats are bred and cared for before they are sent to a scientist for research, as we often wonder about their lives before us. Uh, Kathy, I gotta tell you, their lives before you are pretty good. They're, they're well taken care of. Uh, they're not overcrowded. Their cages are cleaned and they're fed almost every day. Their cages are cleaned. I would, I would argue their lives are better than pet rats. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, P.S. The Lab Next Door does obesity research, and I also agree the fat rats are hilarious and adorable. Aww. That's 100% correct. Uh, we have one more email. Would you like to read it? You can read it. It's from Caroline. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm a big fan and have been listening almost since the beginning. I'm a newlywed but not trying to get pregnant now. Need to finish grad school first. Anyway, I'm writing because before I got married, I hated calling my now husband, Paul, my boyfriend. 
We owned a home together for years before we officially tied the knot, so saying boyfriend felt immature and inaccurate. So I used to call Paul my person. I love that. Which is pretty silly, but always seemed to convey the message. It also felt a bit romantic and more honest than boyfriend. Boyfriend. I just wanted to offer a listener who asks for you to come up with a new name, another option. Although co-pilot is pretty good, too. Warmly, Caroline. I like person. Uh, It is now time to talk about our very good donors. Uh, And to remind everybody that you can go to our new Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash excellentadventure. We have a number of reward tiers, including some with Patreon-only bonus episodes. What? Uh, one to nine dollars a month, you'll get one fun fact right on the podcast during the month of your first donation. Ten to twenty-four dollars a month, you get a new fun fact every month right on the podcast, uh, and for the duration of your monthly do- donation, plus an exclusive photo and caption of us. That's all three of us, guys: Matt, Dory, and Bo. Once a month. Oh boy, I can't wait to take those pictures and write that caption. <laughs> For $25 to $49 a month, you get a monthly half-hour bonus mini-sode. And if I know us, that episode will probably be a little longer than a half-hour. To Patreon donors at this level and above, plus all rewards from the previous tiers. So you're getting a photo, you're getting a fact, you're getting a... A monthly fact. A monthly fact. You're getting a uh, monthly podcast, too. $50 and above, you get a personalized voice message from Matt and or Dory. You can specify. You want us both? Do you want one of us? You get a personalized signed copy of Start Up a Novel, plus that podcast, that photo, that fact. What a deal. Now, on to... Oh, and I should also say, if you know, if for whatever reason you don't want to donate on Patreon, um, you can still donate the traditional way on mm-hmm. Venmo and PayPal. That's also true um and that information is on our website um so now it is time for the donors this week's names and the first one is paul charles who emailed us this week to remind us that he had met us in vegas the night before our wedding paul I remembered Paul immediately um I was playing blackjack at the Venetian at the second table third table in from the handicap table one two three yeah third table in uh i was playing with uh i think mark was there mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. trying to remember who else was i sitting with i think andy andrew elder maybe craig rowan also was sitting at that mm. table um and Paul came up, and I told Paul. Paul reminded us that I told him about the Doug Benson show that we were doing. I was doing, uh, which was the day before my wedding, um, and uh, told him to come down, and he came. Yeah. And I really appreciate it, and I gave him Sour Patch Kids. That's very nice of you. That's what kind of a fan I am. And Paul Charles has been donating every week, uh, like a champion. Uh, which is why I feel like you all should know that Paul Charles once raised a baby bald eagle. From a hatchling. Oh. And he named it Frank. Um, what about Aaron Gudge? Uh, Aaron played rhythm guitar on U2's Joshua Tree. Uncredited. Whoa. 
Stephanie Andrews. Uh, Stephanie seated, she cheated on her scuba diver certification test. <gasps> it's a lot of numbers. Um, someone, a Patreon donor uh, whose whose name was Stacy Mon. Mm-hmm. Well, Stacy Mon is the fifth best person in her town at moonwalking. All right. Christina Turner uh, is an amateur astrophysicist uh, hoping to get to the bottom of dark matter. Andy Pavlik. Uh, Andy's the first member of his family to attend a convention that wasn't a boating trade show. <laughs> Alex Mascaro. Uh, Alex responds to haters with double middle fingers. He also likes biking. Mona McCune. Uh, Mona specializes in making homemade olive oil it's the best in the northwest i don't know if she lives in the northwest but if she were to take it there it'd be, it'd the, be best the best there nicole panday uh nicole has never been inside of a radio shack if you ask them what they sold at radio shack their answer would be tiny shacks that store radios andrew steinley andrew dreams of one day owning a delorean time machine you'll get there buddy and Luke Evers. Uh, Luke worked in high school as a pizza maker, but was never fully accepted as one of the guys because of his unorthodox, un, uh, unorthodox dough tossing method. Whoa. I don't want to get into how he tossed the dough. Okay. But it was a little kooky. Uh, well, that'll do it. That'll do it for the podcast. That'll do it for donors. If you'd like to donate, do it at our Patreon play page, patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Yep. Uh, email us, mattanddory at gmail.com, dorymatt at gmail.com. And call us at 413-461-BABY. We'd love to play your voicemail on the air. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week and every week until we're dead. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you Bye. later. And the sea is just a wetter version of the skies. Let's get a silver bullet trailer and have a baby ball.